With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. We'll figure this out as we go. This looks way too nice for us, but let's talk about some sports. Hey, Justin Jefferson, hell of a season. Hey, hey, hey Justin. Justin. Hell of a season, hey, Justin. Good Justin. Good season. Hell of a season, Justin. Yeah. Hell of a season. Get him on camera. I am. There man. you go. There you oh, nailed it. See you later, Justin. All right. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, dude. I think do the gritty. <laughs> do, do the Do the gritty. Do the gritty. Show us your cans. Do the gritty. McAfee, what an idiot. <laughs> Punters. Punters. <laughs> even, even, even he said, even he's like, I don't know why my life is like this. I'm just Dude, a punter. This is dumb. I'm telling you, those guys, they do nothing. They practice their golf swing, and that is it. And I'm oh, yeah. like, this guy's got his own show. He's talking a bunch of smack. I love it. I want. I kind of want to fight him. You know, if I was a punter, I would definitely go out. Like, I, you know, I'll practice however much I need to, but I would definitely bring my golf clubs to practice. Like, I, I'll do, like, 45 minutes of some punting. Oh, dude, they're Let me best. know, and then I'm just going to hit my pitching wedge over here through one of the uprights. Punters right. are the best, dude, because they have the best sense of humor, and you can always mess with them. It's the kickers you can never mess with, because you can't really mess with a punter. Like, what's he going to do, shank it? I mean, if you shank it, you're getting cut, so it's really not going to ever happen, but yeah. they have a great sense. Of, I mean, you see with Pat, he's hilarious. There's also, like... I'm probably oversimplifying this, but kickers are almost always under pressure, right? Like whenever they're out there in the second half, it's like to take a lead or it's overtime. Like a punter never gets out there and is like, I, I guess maybe if you're like, you know, backed in up in the zone. in the yeah. end zone, but yeah. like you're never out there super nervous. Probably you're just you no. get the snap and you punt it. No, know. you're so right. And then the kickers, like there was times like with Phil Dawson, you could always mess with Phil. He was so old, and I'm not even kidding. I watched Phil kick when I was in kindergarten, and I was like. <laughs> I told him that, not realizing what I said to him, and he was so mad at me. But at the same time, like you could mess with him. But then I had kickers, and there were kickers here, that you just could not even talk to. You couldn't even look at these guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went to go make a comment one time about somebody's arms, and they were like, stop. Don't. Like, don't, don't even talk to him. Just you'll ruin the season. I was like, all right, never mind. Dude, that's so who was it? I know. We're, uh, who I was it? Come on. No, I mean, there, there, were, were you there was with, a Vikings kicker who was, had a pretty pretty good physique. I, you were with, uh, but Booty, <laughs> you, were with, you were with David Akers, weren't you? Yo, I love David. He was he was awesome. I he, love that he wore gloves when he kicked, like like receiver gloves. That was <laughs> my was so much more to David. Dude, <sighs> let me tell you about this guy. We would So you know how the locker rooms, they get crazy. And by the way, welcome to Purple Daily. I totally cut that whole segment off. No, it's good. Welcome to Purple Daily, presented by Surly and TCL. If you're looking for a great TV to watch the big game on, TCL's got you covered. Most entertainment, stunning resolution, affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. David Akers wore gloves. That's weird. 
Dude, not only that, but like in the locker room, we'd start blaring music and blasting it, and he would just lose it. And I mean lose it in like a dad way. Like, I am ashamed at you guys that we are listening to this music. I'm ashamed that I have to listen to this. It was like, dude, get out of the locker room. And then like he was one of the guys that you couldn't mess with him. But when he kicked the 63-yarder, and we didn't realize it was 63 yards, I think because we had just come off a really long drive after two minutes, and it was like, just put your hand down, Boone, and block for this field goal. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. All of a sudden, he hits a 63-yard. He's, like, out of this world. Like, two weeks later, he misses one, and it's, like, total tank season. And it was like, dude, what? You've been in this league forever, bro. Chill out. Like, Phil, Phil Dawson was the godliest kicker I've ever been around. Phil kicker, Dawson man. kicked from 1999 at the age of 24 with the Cleveland Browns until he was 43 in 2018. Insane. That is that's nuts. Messy. Insane. He literally dudes on the roster that are less than half of his age. Wow. Because, I was in grade school. <laughs> Love it, man. Uh, so the last time we had Booney on, he comes on every Tuesday. It was uh, it actually turned into the, the biggest episode of Purple Daily in the history of the show. And how is that even possible, by the way? Well, people, Crazy. I mean, it's it's this, you know, you've been a, a guest on this show for and you were with Collar a couple of years ago. And, and people like people know your Harbaugh stories and connections. So I think like when people saw the stars aligning, oh, my God. OK, Alex Boone talks about Harbaugh all the time. Holy crap. Jim Harbaugh might be the Vikings coach. Yeah. And I think people were just really interested. And I think people also remember that quote that uh that we talked about last week too where you like you ripped him for being a psychopath or something yeah. five years ago people are like is he gonna rip him oh. is he gonna praise him people think and- i don't like jim for that i'm like dude you should see what i say about my friends i think they I think it's being honest i mean he's a total psycho i love him he's all about football he believes it he talks about it he constantly would say to us all the time i stand for nothing other than the san francisco 49ers i don't really care about anything else and it was like all right well this guy's a psycho for football it's great finally somebody that cares like we do so we want to we're going to devote almost all of this episode to so Alex has just been in a film den all weekend Dude. looking at Kevin O'Connell offensive schemes with the Rams going back to when Kirk was the quarterback in Washington. So we're going to oh, we're going to turn this episode into a Kevin surprise. No, we're we'll gonna get surprise. There. The last photo we were going to surprise him and be yeah, like but they, don't, oh, they don't know they, they don't know, know which play. They, they don't, don't know. know. They don't know. They don't know. All right. All right. Okay. All right, you saved it. So we're going to we're going to do the whole Kevin O'Connell thing but put a bow so the Vikings Passed on Harbaugh. Yeah, that's what happened. I mean, they didn't. Even, they didn't make an offer. They spent like, you know, the reports were kind of. You know, Jim was saying goodbye to people in Michigan. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he thought he was going to walk in and shake shake a few hands and put some pen to paper. And the Vikings saw it differently. Can you put a bow on the whole Harbaugh thing? Did they make a mistake? What do you, What are your thoughts no. on? This? No, no, I think they made a mistake. I love the Kevin O'Connor. I just think that what it was was exactly what you said. Jim left on National Signing Day, and it was kind of like this is to show you how interested in this job I am. I will leave on the biggest day of the college year. And when he didn't show up with the contract, I'm sure he was like, "Hey, wait, I'm all in now. Like you pulled me away. I said goodbye, goodbyes, and now it seems like I'm still having to do with this interview thing." But Honestly, you know, the Kevin O'Connell hire, hire is going to be awesome. I'm excited about it. I think that this is shows them that they're into the innovative offense. Like, the way that the Rams run their offense is so new age, and it's like the Kyle Shanahan. It's just different forms of it. And it's like such a – it starts at such a dumb, watered-down version, and it grows to this huge beast. And I feel like they've done that this year because of a guy like Matt Stafford. They've finally been able to say, hey, listen, we have a guy that we can put off the line of scrimmage that doesn't need to fake it, try and draw a bunch of people up here to get guys open. Like, we finally have a guy that we can spread teams out. And and I'm not saying anything against Harbaugh because you know I love Jim. 
but this is really where the league is going. And I, I credit the Wills for doing that because they're like, listen, everybody's jumping on this bandwagon. And it's not even a bandwagon. It's just the new train of thought. And it's how can we make this offense explosive? How can we make every person out here a threat? And the, as a big a threat as possible while still playing their own role. You know what I'm saying? And that's such a hard job. But they do a great job because they start to space defenses out. And they're basically – and we, we have a whole bunch of pictures that I'm super excited to show. It. And, yes, Phil, I was up super late every night because you know I love this stuff. I do. Circling stuff, X's and O's. I do. But the, here's another thing. I think the Kevin O'Connell hire is going to be huge because he's worked with Kirk. And so it's kind of like this relationship was there before. They had a lot of success with it, and that's when Kirk really kind of became this Kirk name, and that's really how he made his money was off of this type of offense. So I feel like they were also like, hey, listen, not only is this going to be the next level that the NFL is going to go to, but we have a guy who already knows Kirk, has worked with him, and Kirk has probably vouched for him like, hey, listen, if there's anybody out here that I'd prefer, it'd probably be him. Because we've worked together. He understands me. I understand him. We don't have to build from the ground up. We can kind of just go back at where we ended, and we can keep going from there. So to be clear, you think that Kirk is staying for sure? Like, you, you think that this is a given yeah. that they're probably going to do a contract yeah. extension? or No, I don't know. Listen, you got to earn it now. We've given out too much, and that's just the business side of it. And not only that, but we're already in a hard position. We can't can't keep pushing this down the road. And I feel like with the new GM, you get that fresh start because no matter what happens this year, everyone's going to say, Hey, he walked into this. It's not like he, he designed all this. Yeah. I think, I think for the, there's almost like two different Kevin O'Connell discussions here and we can, you know, we can, Ooh. we can play both sides. And there's it. the, if, if they keep Kirk, what could things look like? But then there's this whole other Avenue of if the front office decides, Hey, you know, he's, whatever reason it's not going to work out contractually or they just don't want to extend him. And, they, and maybe by the way, there's like eight or nine teams that are looking to probably trade for a quarterback or in the case of like Pittsburgh, find a replacement team that think they can make the playoffs. So there's going to be demand for guys like Kirk. And by the way, Stafford garnered two first round picks. Uh, Sam Bradford garnered a first round pick, you know, five or six years ago. And uh, even um, uh, Carson Wentz turned into a first and a third round pick. So like there is a market for, you know, the 12th to 14th best quarterback in the NFL and the Vikings have to figure out, and this is, we can get into all this later, but like. That, that's a definitely a later discussion, especially because that's a, it's a little unfair to say because like Sam got a first rounder because we needed him. Like Carson Wentz got a first rounder because they really needed him. Like there's the, all these situations that go into it. And then you turn around and you say, well, there's Kirk's contract. And there aren't a lot of teams right now that can say, hey, dude, we can take on that contract and maybe even we'll look to extend you at some point. At the same time, they're going to go, dude, this guy's won what? One playoff game? It's a lot of money. That's almost like saying, hey, this guy really has no playoff experience. What makes us think he's going to come in and build this team to take it past? Like the Matt Stafford thing made total sense to me when it happened. I didn't understand what the Lions were doing, but at some point you have to understand that a player draws the line too and says, listen, dude, I'm done. I'm done. If I'm not yeah. done, if you don't let me be done, I'll be done forever. It I took him, away. took him 13 right? years. He like, stayed there a lot longer than Bar Barry Sanders was done. He was like, I know he, I just ran for like 2,000 yards. I can't yeah. do this anymore. <laughs> you have to credit him for that because not only that, that dude took a ton of licks. I mean, some of the hardest I've ever seen. Harder than Brett Favre took. And like people almost made it their mission to hurt him. And it was like, why does everybody hate Matt Stafford so much? And it was because no matter how many times you could hit him, he's like an older version of Joe Burrow to me. No matter how many times we look back on his career, this guy took lick after lick, separated his shoulder, came back in the game, and still threw for like 400 yards. That's incredible. And we were saying for years, like if, if they actually built something around this poor kid, they would be the most dangerous team in the NFL. And now you see why. 
we were saying that for so many years because people saw that he had such great talent. When you look at Kirk, people have to look at this and go, dude, yes, this is going to build our franchise. He can sling it. He can take a hit. He can dish it out. He, What's Matt Stafford right now? The best under pressure. He's like the best quarterback rating under pressure. He's smart. I get it. And not only that, I'm not afraid to take a hit if I have to deliver this ball. Like These are the things that make great quarterbacks. These are the things that if I'm a GM, I look at this and I go, that's a first round. Why? Because he's probably not going to get hurt no matter what you do to the guy. And he's still going to throw for 5,000 yards. That's important to us. That makes our offense more four-dimensional than anything because all of a sudden this run attack and this play action that we've always had to do well now we can just open up everybody and go now who wants to play football yeah, think and about how is, easy it is now for staff dude. or like it's like you know it's like the baseball players who use the uh the weighted bat in the on deck circle so yeah. that when they like they get to the plate they got the, the now the bat feels lighter like playing for the lions for 13 years just getting darts thrown at you for a decade and a half, right? Bad coaches, bad front office. Now you're with this competent organization. This is, this is easy. Yeah. It's easy well, for him now. Here's my question to you guys, because this is a question that I hear a lot, and I'm not really sure how I – I mean, I guess I just don't understand everybody's answer, but do you think the Matt Stafford trade has already paid itself off? For for the Rams, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He he was – they they were – the 2021 Rams, Booney, are what the 2018 Vikings, when they signed Kirk, thought they were. Right. Which is if this guy? I mean, if Kirk Cousins comes here in eighteen, and this team goes to a Super Bowl, okay, possibly wins it, but just goes, that signing paid off. You didn't even make the playoffs. I, I would say it's not worth it yet for the Rams because they made a they made the Super Bowl a few years ago with Jared Goff, and they and they lost. So like the, now they're back to where they were with Jared Goff, right. and now and now if they win, they will have moved ahead of where they were. Do you feel like, though, that when you look, when you say it like that, do you feel like, though, we almost saw Jared Goff's ceiling? Do you, do you think oh, we've yeah. seen So yeah. he took them as far as he could take them, and that was with, what, Todd Gurley, the most elite running back at the time, like a guy who was monsters. Their defense was ranked number one. They were always ranked number one back then. Like, they were just lethal. So I look at this, and I'm like, I guess I, I'm more with Judd on this because I see this as it has totally paid itself off because this is just the starting point. This is only where they begin. Imagine where they're going to be. Now they got OBJ playing well. Like Cooper Cup still fits in the mix with 20 catches a game, but everybody else is still getting their 30 catches. Like it's just how they run their offense is so dazzling that I feel like Matt Stafford, the Matt Stafford trade paid off as soon as they went to the playoffs. I was like, this team is going to be different. And now they're, they're finally together and they have this great group of guys. I feel like they could be something for the next couple of years that will be so dangerous. I love the passion, Booty. You know I, I absolutely did. love this. You, you're right. just bringing it. <laughs> Right, Show he, us the picture. It's Super Bowl week, dude. I, I want to see the breakdown. Oh. You want to do the dive in here? Let's, yeah, I'm right, be honest with you. Hey, let me tell you why I'm so passionate right now. Because I'm really pissed I'm not at the Super Bowl. Because I'm looking at all this and I'm like, dude, how could I not be at the Super Bowl right now talking about all this stuff? Running through the Pat McAfee show, diving on a table, just like, hey, oh, I'm here to talk. Let's talk football. Like, that's why I'm like, you know what? Everybody's getting it today. Let's We got to dive into this. Yeah, did we do? Was media day yesterday? When's when's the official media day? Was that yesterday? yesterday. Opening yesterday. night or whatever yeah, they call it now? Yeah, but it's yeah, not much now. No, it's it's, it's like a bunch. Zoom, of it's zooms and crap. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Was everybody was like, well, you know, they're not doing a lot this year. I was yeah. like, dude, who cares? Just yeah. give me a pass and I'll get in. We'll it's go. SoCal, right? No, you don't care. Well, I got to be careful in SoCal, but yes, I. I what? what? Football. Is there a warrant out for your arrest? <laughs> no, no warrants. Nothing like that. No, 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 no wants or warrants for Alex <laughs> no. Boone. All right. Do you guys want to go to school here? 
Should we Let's go to Alex it. Boone's yes. Chalk School Talk, of Film baby. here? I'm excited. So, all right, we're going to put some screenshots up here so we don't get sued because we don't have the rights to actually use the film. That's why I working and, on that. Yeah, no, for sure. So, <laughs> explain this. So here, so we have uh, we've got a, we've got we're showing some Rams offensive still shots here. Yeah, and, this is in uh, the red zone. This okay, is a red zone shot, and this is like when we talked about getting Matt Stafford and them being able to go next level. This is next level for them. They're obviously they're in a three by one, but look who's in the backfield. It's Cooper Cup, oh. and all of a sudden, uh-huh. oh. everything oh, yes. changes, oh. right? Yes. Okay, yes. so Vikings fans, imagine a world, in because this is all about the design of the Rams offense. Imagine a world. And we, oh, <laughs> oh, kids the there. kids are excited. <laughs> the kids are excited by film study. <laughs> imagine a world, and we'll let Alex uh, I'll let handle the children there, where Justin Jefferson yep. is standing in the back. Now, they had him a couple times. I was going to say we saw it, but what did they mm-hmm. do with him? That's, yeah. I think we're going to see something different here. So Cooper Cup playing the role potentially of Justin Jefferson in the backfield. If you got to go, uh, you got to go hang out with the no. kids for a while. So let us Dude, know. The kids are fine. Don't even worry about that. But anyways, this is <laughs> yeah, what I love cool. about this. So they open every, they spread out Tampa's defense, right? And this was one of the games where everybody was kind of like, man, what is wrong with Tampa? But when you go back and you look at this game, they did such a great job of opening up Tampa's defense and basically saying, number one, we're going to force you to think because once Cooper Cup's in the backfield, there are so many things we can do with him and what they do here is they do this like opposite like sweep motion or swing and then what it does is as the ball snapped right like nobody notices Tyler Higby right down here at the bottom everyone's like oh simple tight end but he's another one he's become such a huge player in their offense he shows up when he needs to and he's always reliable and you look at the offense the tight ends on this offense and man you got to get excited especially because if a guy like Irv Smith can come back healthy and you already have a guy like Tyler Conklin that shows that he can already play these positions he's done this role for the whole year like he's he in my opinion stepped up the biggest and he might be the biggest player he might have the biggest role to fill when Kevin gets here which is going to be super excited because here what they do is as soon as Cooper Cup goes on that swing to the left the entire defense just like right now as, as I'm watching this as it's going they were all staring at him and as soon as he started to move around they're all pointing at him and they're like what's he doing where's he going everybody's starting to freak out yes. he goes in a swing to the left and everybody starts to go that way because what do you naturally think they're gonna throw it to him they have three blockers over here and they're three over three so we got numbers over here we got maybe one linebacker to beat okay we can book a guy here and there but what happens is, is everybody starts to follow him. He just throws this simple screen right back here to Tyler Higby. And these three offensive linemen come out here. And, I mean, they demolish these guys because nobody's paying attention. Everybody's this. looking in the backfield. And that's next level. That's so, when you start to get people to think. So by putting Cooper Cup in the backfield and not just doing it, like, once in a season. Because I think the Vikings had, like, one, a couple plays this season where Justin Jefferson was back there. Right. You are now causing because you could do anything out of this, right? And I don't know how many times they ran this formation, but you could oh, throw a you, bunch. They, you could they, throw it to Cooper Cup out of this formation, right? There's a million things you could do. I'll, I would bet you uh, any amount of money that you're going to see OBJ in the backfield this weekend. Like it's just another element of surprise. And now here's another thing because I was thinking about this as I was drawing it up, and I'm like, man, you know, they only ran this a couple times with Cooper in the backfield, and it's like. How much does it really work? It doesn't matter how much it works. It's how much time does someone have to spend on it? How much time is a defense going over this in a meeting room when it probably doesn't even matter that week, but they're so worried that if they see number 10 in the backfield, what could they do with him? Because a lot of this game, I know, right? 
a lot of this game now is becoming over the middle of the field. Why? Because you have to have these middle linebackers that can stop the run and nickel, but they also have to be able to cover. You have Cooper Cup over a middle linebacker. I don't care who it is. Kendricks, Bobby Wagner, Fred Warner, you name them, the best. You're not going to be able to hang with that. He's too good. And then all of a sudden you can't say, well, okay, we'll put one of our DBs in there. Okay, well, now I'm just going to run the ball. Why? Because you put a 145-pound player in there. My center will eat him alive. See, this becomes (laughs) the next level, and that's where it's fun. But the problem I have is how much is Kirk going to be willing to take on? Because I'm going to say this honestly. The sky is the limit. Like All these people are talking about, oh, my God, this is like next level. Dude, there's there's coaches that are showing you down these avenues that are – endless that you're like wow i never really thought you could do that but i guess now that he's doing it what if you started to do this with it maybe instead of swinging him to the left what if we just start running bubble screens the other way what if we start because now all of a sudden what he does let's go to the next picture oh bro, come on cue yeah, it up keep him going. come on producer cue it up cue it up come on i got the call injected i got the call injected into my veins check, right check, check. you got it this is quads alert alert four gun quads omaha this is what we would have called. Watch the we, mic. Didn't, we never had. We never did quads because we just weren't that team. Fifty four is the mic. Fifty four is the mic. Dude, fifty four got exposed in this game big time. Why? Because <laughs> look where he is. Look where he's standing. Right. This is like the early in the game. Right now, follow me. This is how. And this yeah. is like when you start to learn these offenses, especially when you're sitting in the chair in front of the OC and you're like, dude, I want to learn more. Teach me more. Teach me more. He starts teaching you the chess match that you need to learn. And this is how they started to do it. They started out in quads like this, right? So quads you, is four oh, wide receivers to the correct. left side of the football. So you're, you're four by one. So you got your lone, and that was Higby at the top, which is so interesting that they're putting a tight end up here because I love it. So they got the one tight end at the top. They got three receivers. You got Van Jefferson playing the one. You got Cooper Cup playing the two. This was OB or Robert Woods playing the three. And then you got um, Sony Michelle's playing four, right? And four's great because four is going to switch in a minute. So but that's Cook? That would be Dalvin. Or okay. better yet, it could be Alexander Madison, right? Let's start really thinking okay. about how could we go next level. Like, could, yeah. it be, could it Kanae be Kanae Wongwu with that 4 2 4 Guys, I'm so excited right now. I haven't been this excited in years. Dude, what if it's Robert Smith out of retirement? I mean, come on. Michael what Bennett, if it's Ontario Roy Smith. Hord? Dude, there's a ton of people. It could be now Fahu Tahi. What this does, this this position originally, he helps the left tackle, right? He's gonna he's gonna as everybody sets, he knows Andrew Whitworth. See how it says chip flat over here to the left, yeah, four gun left. quad left Ohio mesh chip flat. The chip flat tells Andre Whitworth, "Hey, you're getting a chip here, so you can chill. He's gonna hit this defensive end. What it does is it gets the timing going in these routes, right?" And it, when you look at this four by one, it's almost like two plays in one, right? Because you got the Ohio down here at the bottom, which is working itself out. And at the same time, you have a mesh route working in the middle. So you're like, man, there's like really two concepts working at the same time. And what's smart about it is if you're looking at this, you're like, all right, cover two, it's going to be a zone. All of a sudden, Stafford starts to look up and goes, wow, this guy's really close to the line, though. Why is he all the way up here? Maybe it's two man. Because I wouldn't be this close to the line if I was in zone. That would be stupid. Unless that was blitzing. And when you go four by one, this is the greatest thing about it. You can't fake anything because they've spread you so far out. This picture doesn't do them justice because a lot of what they do is they go plus numbers. So they'll spread you out even more now. They've gone so wide because Matt Stafford, number one, can make that throw and he can make that read. 
So that we all know that's the hardest throw to make, right? The out route, because you got to lead that receiver, but at the same time, you got to have enough zip that that cornerback doesn't cut you off and take it from you. So knowing that they can do that now, they've spread these receivers so far out, so it spreads the defense out even more. And so basically it says, listen, if you're going to blitz us, you have to show us right now. And now we know you're going to be in man. And now I know that all of a sudden my mesh, I really love my mesh. But what happens here is this two-man concept here. These two guys, the guy over Tyler Higby at the top and this guy that's highlighted under green, they run into each other because the middle linebacker gets stuck in the middle as he's waiting for this guy to get out. See how the timing all of a sudden puts these three guys in the middle together with these two guys running in opposite directions? Spin cycle. Dude. And now now everyone's open. Creating huge confusion. This was like an 80-yard shot right here. And it was super simple. It was a quick timing route. I see the bunch guys in the middle, and all of a sudden Robert Woods just opens way up. And it's super simple. It doesn't take a lot of thinking, and it doesn't take a lot of time for the old line. This is another great thing. If I'm smart enough, I know, hey, listen, this guy's up here. It's going to be man somewhere, but I see this too high shell. All right, cool. This guy's going to be man. He's going to come open because this is the mesh. This is what I need. Here we go. Ready, set, go, right? All of a sudden, you start playing faster. Everybody starts opening up more. And as you start opening defenses, they can't keep up with you. You can't expect these DBs to be running all over the field all day. It's not with the, the athletes that are on this team, and especially on the Rams. No. Not so, Booney, how, how much uh, with the two – uh, pictures that we've been through so far how much freedom does the quarterback have to make decisions w- within that structure oh I, I of saw. both those plays well i would when you go when you go empty you're kind of forcing your hand right like unless you bring somebody back into the backfield they obviously know what's going to happen but what i think it does is there's they're throwing different concepts in there like you have an ohio and you have an, a mesh and it's basically like listen if we get a zone i could look to the ohio maybe the mesh comes open but if i know it's going to be man in the middle then i know one of these mesh guys is coming open and that's where i start to pick my game up even faster right or maybe i see something that i don't like hey maybe we turn that into a slant somewhere maybe we run a flat router i mean there's a million things you can do the question becomes for me is how much does Kirk want to do it? You know what I'm saying? Like that's, I feel like all this year and I don't know why, but he didn't want to do this role of like, Hey, maybe I just get up here and start changing the play myself. Maybe I just start doing some things. It's not like anybody can really say anything to me. I mean, kind of not going to get cut around here, but at the same time, it's like he has Kevin here. Now they've worked together. Maybe it's like, Hey, you're, you're ready, dude. Take this on your wings. Do what you got to do. So it sounds like I, this is, by the way, I mean, I am just drunk on football. I'm not drunk, but so, I'm excited. So, and, and these are some things we, we, we've, we figured anyways, but the Rams offensive schemes, which Kevin O'Connell, and obviously a lot of this is Sean McVay is the mastermind, oh, and, yeah. and you're, you're hoping to tap into that through his coaching tree and Kevin O'Connell. But, but by all accounts, Kevin O'Connell has been very hands-on molding the passing game and working with Matthew, Matthew Stafford, et cetera, that – this offense is levels above in terms of putting pressure on defenses and scheming players open than what the Vikings have been doing the last couple of years, especially last year with Clint Kubiak. Is that a fair statement? Dude, I'm watching like one of these quarters in the playoffs, and I'm like, there's more innovative offense in one quarter than I saw in a whole season here. Yeah. And it's all because they're next level, and their ability to be next level is huge. Like, We don't need to come at you and just run the ball. We don't need to come at you and come after the play action. Now we can spread you out. Now we can do all these things. Now we're able to say, hey, listen, we have the ability to go four by one. That's incredible. There are not a lot of people that can do that, spread you out, and have the quarterback confidence, number one, to do that. Because another thing that we didn't even talk about is how it puts you in a bind with that one-on-one, right? Like, what if all of a sudden that becomes Justin Jefferson? 
And now all of a sudden the defense goes, well, dude, we got four guys over here, but we got Justin Jefferson over here. Like, who, what are we going to do? We're going to play two. We're going to waste two guys all the way over here on Justin, which is going to open up all this space over here for Thielen, KJ Osborne. I mean, Alexander Madison, a ton of people. Or do we rotate everybody this way and trust our backside DB that he's going to be Richard Sherman-like and knock everything down? Like, this is why they're putting so much pressure on defenses because it's forcing them to think even more. What do we want to kill us first? Do we want these four guys to kill us or do we want this one guy? Like, you you look at this week, and like especially for this game, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals took some of their plays and said, hey, we got Jamar Chase. Now we're going to make you think. How do you want to play this game? Death by a thousand razor cuts with four guys? Or do you want my dude over here to just go banana balls on your dude? Like, that's what's so fun. And banana as a, balls. Dude, yes. Right? As a former player, it. when you keep seeing the levels that people are adding to this, and you're like, man, that is – I never thought to put the most dangerous guy in the backfield. That was genius. Like, it's sometimes the answers look at us right in the face. We're just so afraid because we're like, man, what are people going to think? But it takes these guys that are outside thinkers. They're like, I don't really care what anyone thinks. I know it's going to work because I trust the philosophy behind it. The church of football is outstanding. No I feel like I'm in church right now, being baptized by football knowledge, and it's great. You know, let me ask, before you get to your point, yeah. if we yeah. were to baptize you in the church of football, we'd replace the water with what, Judd? Oh, just exactly one thing. You know what? Uh, 12, 12, 13 years in Catholic school, so I feel very comfortable saying that if I do get baptized again, it would be by Surly, and in this case, it would be my favorite from Surly Brewing, Surly Furious, the best IPA around. Yes, that's right. It might be a sacrilege, but you know what? It's a good one because it tastes damn good. Surly Furious, the best IPA. And I hope you'll be watching the suit. Oh, wait, the big game on Sunday. Yeah, don't get us sued. With a Surly. Uh, by um, the way, uh, real quick, on Saturday, February 19th, uh, we are inviting 10 listeners, so five winners and a plus one to hang out with us and get a tour of Surly Brewing Company. Four o'clock, Saturday, February 19th, if you want a chance to hang out with us. And uh, we're, by the way, we're planning a bigger gathering where we're not going to just like have a cutoff of 10 people. We're planning something much bigger for later in the year with Surly, so stay tuned for that. A massive block party. Yes. Oh, we've got uh, – we'll, 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 we'll take it offline. we got some plans here. Oh, got some plans. Oh, but if, you get, if you guys want to enter, just uh, download the Score North app, open it, go to Listener Awards, and you can enter for free for a chance to uh, to come hang with us and put a couple back at Surly on February 19th. So, all right, sorry, Judd, continue. No problem, no problem. Okay, so, so first of all, what you just explained was a fantastic way of saying what we have said on this show without the depth of knowledge, which was when – we're idiots. Fans and You're not idiots. No, fans and players would say the Lions are playing too deep. Justin Jefferson's eliminated. And we were like, no, he's not. Scheme him open. Yes. You're talking about that. But tell me this, uh, because to go back to Kirk, Booney, you know that Kirk, when asked about calling timeouts, when asked about changing plays, basically went back to, well, things were done, plays were called. And I ran the, the, those plays. I, so the insinuation from Kirk there is I can't change it because it's been called with O'Connell and what you're talking about and the concepts. My question is, if he was trying to say with Kubiak, I went to the, the line of scrimmage with a play in my head and I was going to run that play. What does this do as far as saying, Kirk, that's not the answer now. The answer is there's three, there's four. I don't know. There's this many potential options and the decision is yours at the line. 
So what's what's the difference between I just work here and they called the plays and I ran it to what O'Connell is clearly installing with the Rams with McVay, which is uh, no, there's options and you need to pick the right one. Do you I get that? A, yeah, I think it's a lot of ownership, and that's why I said I'm curious to see myself because. It seems like what Kirk was saying before was, listen, I was shut up and I'm just here to work here. Okay. I was told to just run the plays and do what I'm told to do. And I feel like with Kevin, it's going to be different. And that's why I'm excited because it's like, listen, we have a familiarity between each other. He understands me. He knows that I'm not going to get us in trouble, but at the same time, he's going to open up the playbook to know what I know. He knows that I like to run this, or I like to run this concept, like whatever it is, as long as they're communicating, I feel like, when you, and I said this before, when you have an offensive-minded head coach, they help you open the book more because they're more like, man, we got to show people how creative we can be. So let's do this. That's why I said last time with Harbaugh, we had 400 plays because it was like, dude, we got to show the world. And it was fun and it was great, but it is a lot of ownership because there are times where you can get yourself into a very bad play and you can cost yourself. And then the coaches look at you very differently. And it's not like, hey, man, that was great. It's like, hey, man, what the hell was that? That was not what we talked about. You're like, well, I could have swore you said, oh, sup. Oh, dude. (laughs) You know, and you're like, oh, I totally. But then it's not the, oh, I totally. It's like, you're right. Complete. That's on me. It won't happen again. And sometimes it cost us a drive in big games because we got ourselves into wrong situations. Now, it wasn't very common, but it did happen. And it was kind of like a, man, we really got to own this. And in meetings, that's another thing, like, when you do something like that and you're wrong, you have to own it in the meetings because the sooner you own it, the sooner guys see that and they start to own theirs. Because if the head dog is owning up to what he's doing wrong, dude, I fall way below him on the depth chart or way below him on the pay scale. So I got to be chirping too. I have to put my business out there and let people know, hey, this was on me. And I feel like that's such a great way to play as a team. Because when one guy starts being accountable and everyone around him starts being accountable to him, that's when you see true leadership. And that's when you see guys that can just say simple things that aren't degrading and aren't demeaning and are just like, hey, we need to be better. This needs to be better. This Ohio looks terrible. Or this zone looks bad. And people aren't like, God, he's just always negative. They're like, man, he's so right. He is. You're right. Let's work on it. Let's fix it. You know, and that's what I want to see. And it's going to be a lot on Kirk, but I don't think it's anything he's not ready for, especially because when you get a guy that you've been with before, it's, it's so much better. It's so much easier to be like, Hey, let's do this thing. What a, what a great segue into the third clip. Oh, Let's boy. pop this up here. All right, explain here this go. one to the audience. This is Dude, a throwback one here. This is throwback. And I, and I had to bring this one out because, uh, you know, when you look back at, at Kevin's history, obviously they were at the Redskins or the Commanders. The or Commanders. Commanders, whatever they were together. <laughs> but when you talk about that, you talk about the Shanahan relationship, and all of a sudden you talk about the Gruden relationship. And it's so fun because you start to look at how – see how wide this – four-man bunches at the top first of all you don't see four-man bunches you just tell me the last time you saw that four-man bunch at the top of the numbers when the ball is on the other hash you'll never see that and that's why it's like dude these guys are not afraid to jump out of the box and this is when kirk was in washington how many years ago was that they were like we're not afraid to be crazy but what i love about this is as crazy as it is up top, it's super simple at the bottom. We have our another tight end, Jordan Reed, just chilling right here. Like, wow. hey, man, I'm good to go. 
Like everyone's not thinking anything of it. Simple corner. What happens? What you can't see, and it always drives me nuts we can't play this, is this bottom receiver was in motion as he goes out the fourth receiver, the farthest one behind the line of scrimmage. And he's going to, they're going to pretend like it's, you know, a simple screen, but it's really not for them. It could be, but as soon as this linebacker starts to walk out past that hash, it becomes a danger zone because you don't have a blocker for him and you got receivers and it looks like you got two linebackers and that could be trouble. That's just your outweighed, basically. But when you look over here, see how this linebacker's got his hand up and he's pointing and telling him to get out there? He's like, dude, he went in motion. You need to go. Well, now all of a sudden it pulls me out of my zone. and He ends up going all the way to the green X, which is right in the middle of the field. Wow. And that's why I drew this huge box. Because one simple motion, which means, by the way, nothing. They, were they going to throw it? Maybe. Did they want to throw it? No. They wanted to throw this slant right here because they wanted to say, look, stupid. Look what we made you do. We made you because before these linebackers were perfect, right? That guy was sitting right in the middle of that box like, dude, don't you dare run that slant. But as soon as we pulled that receiver out of the back backfield, these linebackers start moving. He runs a simple set. Dude, it was like a simple catch, throw. You so like this that. is designed. This is a designed play to get Jordan Reed one on one, bigger body, red zone on the right side. They're using they're using a a quad bunch up on the left, essentially, right. to distract and pull the, the 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 Buccaneers defense all the way over to create that matchup for Jordan Reed. Is that what they're doing here? And this is what we talked about before is this is how it's going to force defenses to choose. How do you want to lose this game? Do you really think that that (laughs) cornerback right there can hang with this tight end, who, by the way, can run and catch? Do you really think that? Because if you do, we're going to do these slants all day, and then after that we're going to start hitting seven routes in the back end zone. And then we're going to start running fade routes. Like We're just going to keep messing with you over here until you start to pull another player over here. Well, then this four-by-three section looks even better. Right, because then we spread these guys out, and then they have to cover so much more area and surface. I mean, there is there is so much evidence of this in their system that it makes you wonder what are they going to do here? How could they possibly go wrong? Like all KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Alexander Madison, all these guys will start to play these roles because while they look like simple roles, they become difficult. Amazing, dude. This is, uh, and then by the way, after so he hits this touchdown pass and then uh, gets a little fired up in the hallway after the game, right? Like that. like That's this that. game, right? That, that was the that was the touchdown that got him that. <laughs> and, that and see what I'm saying? Kirk doing that is kind of like, dude. See what we just did to you? We totally got you out of what? And it's so funny because you always hear these defense like, man, we're never going to get out of position. But the minute that you see something that looks that exotic, four bunch set at the top of the numbers, you are like, dude. I got to go. I'll be back later. <laughs> you can't not cover that. And then at the same time, on the backside, you're like, dude, this is a mismatch no matter how you explain it. How could you not have fun with that? The most important thing that I think is going to be is, number one, to start the timing and rhythm with Kurt. You're going to want to get the ball out quick with him. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to. And I'm not saying you got to start over, but you want to get him in a good path. Hey, man, we're going to get some smash routes. We're going to have some fun sticks we're gonna get this ball out on a rhythm and then we start to open it up with them and that's when things start to really have fun i want to i want to throw this one at you here too because i know how much you hate statistics and analytics so i'm gonna i'm gonna jam one down your throat here that i that i think will will spark a good discussion so cooper cup has emerged into this insanely i mean he's one of the numbers wise he's one of the best wide receivers we've seen you know some of it's him being talented incredible some of it's him the ski it's the scheme that he's in it's the combination right uh, Matthew Stafford has been great. They've formed a great connection. So 
he has not only did he lead the, the league in, in yardage as a receiver, he blew away the league in yards after the catch. So he had almost 900 yak yards this season, which is twice as much as Justin Jefferson had. And I'll give you one more. Cooper Cup ran 67%, so two-thirds of his routes out of the slot. And I'm glad you brought that up. And Jefferson, you know, the, the, the thing on Jefferson coming out of college at LSU was, oh, he's a slot guy, mostly in college. So, I don't know, can he be a whole, you know, can he be a, you know, this great wide receiver? And Jefferson has proven he can do both. And he was on the edge more often than he was. He was out wide more often than he was in the slot. But I'm looking at Cooper Cup saying, well, wait, Jefferson's a great slot receiver. He was used in the slot maybe half as much. And Cup is getting all these yards after the catch that Jefferson wasn't. Scheme is the thing that is is, is standing out to me. How, what do you make of these numbers? Excellent. Can you pull up that second picture, the four-by-one? Remember how we talked about how this was an early progression? So we put Sony Michelle in the four spot, right? All of a sudden, as they see that, they go, man, what if we were to put Cooper in the four spot? And all of a sudden, we can get him open. We can create plays like this even more. And that's why I said in the second half, they started switching guys around. And as soon as they put Cooper in that number four spot, that number three spot, you can't keep up with him. You can't. I'm sorry. He's too good. And there's you're not going to play him, man, because you're going to have to have somebody over the top. And at the same time, he is so good. I'm watching him break a route in slow motion. In slow motion. I didn't know where he was going until he actually declared which way he was. Like I was, I was enamored at how amazing he runs these routes. And then you talk about being in an offense like this. Like People are like, I can't believe he's so good. No, it's the scheme. It's him running these amazing routes and then them saying, hey, listen, they're going to put this mic right over this number four guy. Let's put Cooper in there. You think they'll do that with him? They did. Can you believe that? <laughs> they had a Mike linebacker over Cooper Cup. I watched him do the same exact route all by himself. He didn't even need a mesh route. He just ran in and ran right over. It, it reminds me of basketball, man. Like, it reminds me of watching a, a great NBA offense say, all right, let's put, let's put this. We got 24-second shot clock. Let's spend the first 10 seconds through motion and, and you know, ball movement. And let's put them through the spin cycle to get a matchup that we want. You know, right. let's get let's get a let's it's get a, you know Carl Anthony Towns on someone that shouldn't be guarding him or something, right? right? Like, but it's, I think the thing that people don't understand, and this is when you get really chess match, is when you start moving guys around the defense. Well, now the defense really has to think because now all of a sudden Jefferson Jefferson could be one on one on the backside, or he could be a part of this zone coverage that we're going to have to be a part of, and somebody's really got to keep an eye on him. Like the minute you start moving guys around, and then you got to think if you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey who hey, he's my guy no matter what, and he starts to get moved around, well, then rub routes start to happen. Because, oh, yeah. hey, if we can – because there was – I think I – did I send you a fourth one? There was a bunch one that I had done against the Niners. I only got, I only got three into my inbox, so we could save one. Dude, are you kidding me? What an idiot. Hey, I what just work I here. I just get the no, plays. I upload them. Bill, Declan, or yeah. you? I'm sending it right now. I we got to pull this one up. Because this one is fun too. Do Ooh, email, to email to me. You? Yep, email to me. Love you. Thank you. This is amazing, dude. <laughs> Collaboration. I mean, I think about that what it's going to be like as a Vikings fan to finally have a calculus level offense, and that's the thing. Like this franchise has 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 run rough shot offensively. Ninety eight, two thousand nine. Like, like, let's get back to the it. The X man. factor in this entire thing too didn't play in two thousand twenty one. It's Irv Smith. I dude, Ir- Irv Smith is a so hybrid fun. receiver, tight end. Conklin's Conklin is good at what Conklin does, but 
But when you can line Smith up and basically disguise how he's going to be used completely, that's going to uh, create a whole new different dynamic that is going to drive opposing defenses absolutely crazy because that guy in training camp before he got hurt was phenomenal. Looks great. And right, so here's another one. This is another thing that they love to do. And this is out of a three by two set, I guess you could say. It's kind of a three by one sort of. I think so these was, are all empty. Like everything yeah. you've showed us is empty backfield. So you see far. how it's going to change quickly. But this is what's so cool. And we'll talk about this after. Remember, remember to remind me about the playoff games, how they were all different. But this is what's cool about what they do, too. They love to do this bunch. And what does bunch do? It takes you out of man. Because that isn't – look at those three guys right there. You know what that is? That's a pile of guys laying on the ground in a minute if we start going in different directions, right? (laughs) Why 24 is standing so close, I don't know. Maybe he forgot he's covering the best receiver in the NFL. I don't know. Maybe that's why they lost. These two guys, are they're clearly here to clear everybody out, right? Like, we're hey, it's one high. You need Van Jefferson, you're first. You need to start distracting this. I think that's Jimmy Shikorsky Tart at the top. By the way, can you believe he dropped that ball? Bro, I've played mm. with Chikorsky. That was pretty bad. I was so mad at him. I was so mad at him. I was throwing. So was Kyle Shanahan. Bro, hit him in the helmet, too, didn't it? Didn't it hit him in the helmet? It no, hit it hit him, him in the hands, hands and hands. the chest. Okay. He just dropped the damn helmet. Hit very tr- hands. It was a Troy Williamson-like situation. <laughs> yeah, it was Troy Williamson. Anyway, so then we got this dude over here. He's running a, he's running a seam route because he's going to – this is, could be, you know, we, we're going to take another defender out of here with him. Basically, what it's to do is to get 24 on an island and kind of put him in a bad spot. Now, what you don't see is you see how Matt Stafford's kind of looking at Fred Warner, and he's looking at him like, dude, are you coming or are you not coming? Because you could blow this play up right? You could technically fall back into a big zone. And then all of a sudden this wheel looking route don't look so good. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, as they snap it, he looks out to the left and he sees Fred kind of just chills in the middle. These two guys in the back end, it looks like it's Jimmy Ward's definitely one of them. And I forget who it might be Emmanuel Mosley right over here. These two guys just bail out because they know that these guys are going deep. All of a sudden it puts Quan Williams in a huge bind because as Cooper Cup starts getting to the line, dude, his feet start getting faster and faster. And as I'm watching this, you start thinking Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, and he breaks out of here. And Quan Williams has zero chance of catching him. And it was the simplest touchdown I've ever seen him throw. But the problem is you have to look backside. See how they got three over two? These are the problems that's going to start putting defenses in. How are you going to play us? Because if we split Alexander Madison out here, well, that changes the game. That can become a real concept right out here. And you better start thinking how you're going to cover it because he's got great hands. This is what's going to be so fun. As before, people were like, oh, well, let's just play him base or we'll play him nickel. No, you better be thinking dime, penny. You better be thinking some crazy things because it's going to get insane. But think about it, right? Before you do this, what if you lined up like this? You got all these guys talking now, right? Freaking out. And then all of a sudden, you just motioned Dalvin in the backfield. Well, now all of a sudden, everything we just said went to it's, – it's, it's, it's nothing. It's moot put because we have nowhere to go with this. Now they might run the ball. Now everybody's really starting to look around like, dude, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Because what he loves to do is he marries his pass plays with his run plays. They always look the same. You don't know what they're doing, and they run out of shotgun a ton. And because they have teams in nickel and dime and penny, and they're like, dude, if they're going to continue to try and stop the pass game, we'll just run the ball. I love this. You know, as you you keep talking, too, it's like I think back to the Vikings offense, and a lot of this was Zimmer and just these defensive-minded head coaches 
They just want to make sure that the offense doesn't sabotage anything. Like, don't turn the ball. Everything is based on don't screw it up, as opposed to some of these innovative offensive coaches. And Kevin O'Connell, you know, ideally will be one of these for the Vikings that say maximum pressure. Let's make let's 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 throw looks at these guys they've never seen. And you know what? We don't need the number one defense. It would be nice, but sometimes the number one defense is taking a 24-point lead in the first three quarters and right. then leaning on a team with your pass rush, right? Right. The Vi- I can count on one or two fingers how many times the Vikings have actually had a 21-point or more lead in the last, like, four years under Mike Zimmer. It does yeah. not happen. No. You're not going to blow everyone out, but, like, no. max pressure, baby. I agree, and it's a lot of reverse thinking. Like, where is it? And I, we've said this before, and I think maybe you just said it the best way. A defensive coach will think, hey, let's be as conservative as possible to win the game, whereas an offensive-minded coach would be like, I want to stretch the field as far as physically as I can. If you give me a quarterback that can throw it 100 yards, we will be 12-5 and every year in the playoffs because we're just going to continue to throw the ball down the field. And as soon as these teams start, because, you know, everyone, you know, Lovey Smith got hired again. Excited. I'm excited to see how this defense starts to roll again, see if he starts rolling a little Tampa too. But teams are starting to have to push their back ends further back, which is exposing what? The middle of the field. And all of a sudden, these playmakers like Cooper Cup in the backfield or maybe a Justin Jefferson in the backfield, you start really making a defense think, okay, guys, now we really got to be savvy because not only do we have to keep him out of the end zone, but we got to watch this guy in the middle because if we give him any room to wiggle through anything, we are even in more trouble. It doesn't matter where he catches it. He's just going to run by everybody. Look at Tyreek Hill in the, against the Bills. Caught that ball in the 50, did the peace sign at the 40. There were three <laughs> people in front of him. He was like, dude, Later. I'm sorry. I want to win this game more than you. And that's what happens. And it's fun because defenses, no matter how good they are, the Bills were the best. You cannot cover 80 yards of field with that many guys. You need 30 guys back there to stop it. And you just can't. Football. My yeah, God. you got to play. You got to play the calendar. Mm. Now you you got me mm. so excited, and they, they don't play till what September. This this, this is going to be torturous. Who do you think beyond Jefferson? Who do you think offensively benefits the most here? Like like who is who was probably not used up to their potential? Uh, who you think now with all of the different permeations that you're talking about from a personnel standpoint and a schematic standpoint, who do you think benefits the most? When you say it like that, because I think that Irv Smith lived up to his potential and I think he did a great job for the role that he had to play all year. I'm not going to say him. I'm going to say Alexander Madison because this offense becomes more dynamic. And I'm not saying that Dalvin Cook's ever going to take a backseat to anybody because that's what the Rams have now. That's so exciting. As soon as they got Cam Akers back, it was like another punch to the gut for teams. And that's why I said, like, going through the playoffs where there were three completely different games. The first game was, we're going to run the ball. We're going to zone stretch you, and we're going to cut back. Why? Because you have more athletes on the field than you do real run stoppers. So we don't really need to throw the ball. And when we did throw the ball, it was super successful because we just kept play-actioning everything. Everybody kept getting sucked up. Where did Cooper Cup go? Right behind everybody. Super simple. Then you look at the second game, and it's like, dude, I don't think you guys are going to be able to run the ball. What'd they do? They're like, okay, well, we'll take Matt off the line of scrimmage because you're right. Those are two full-grown bulldogs up front. We're going to take him off the line. We're going to do more RPO stuff. We still keep our run game intact, but at the same time, we can still throw the ball. We put them in a bind to think, are they running it? Are they throwing it? Matt Stafford can put the ball anywhere on this field, but at the same time, he can hand it off to Cam Akers, who could take it around any corner. Mm -hmm. It's like all of a sudden, you have these coaches who aren't saying anymore, 
let's be conservative. Let's run what we run because we run it the best. It's like, hey, listen, we're not stupid. We don't need to go bang our head against the wall 65 times to prove that we're idiots. Why don't we get away from the trouble and we'll keep everything behind us? And then all of a sudden, if anything goes wrong, well, we're already in gun. We can just throw the ball. They want to start pressuring us. Todd Bowles wants to start running up the middle. We'll just start throwing the ball out. We have a quarterback that can do that. And at the same time, if you're going to put 12 guys at the line of scrimmage, I'm going to start spreading you out because that's going to start taking guys away. Because if you don't, oh, well, then you're just really stupid. But then you look at that Niner game and you're like, dude, that was like their coming to Jesus moment. And when Aaron Donald was on the sideline throwing things, screaming, you just knew they were going to win that game. And it was almost like they proved to you then that they could be a tough team when I didn't really know if they were ever going to be a tough team. That might have been, I mean, listen, the Bengals are going to put up a huge fight. But this just feels like with the Bengals offensive line being kind of rickety, I mean, Burrow has shaken oh, off countless Burrow. pressures, right? And now I, this feels like a much better matchup for the Rams than the Niners were. Not that it's easy to beat the Bengals in a Super Bowl, um, but I would I would. How about Burrow, that. though? Burrow, I mean, I'll, I'll take Garoppolo and that steam. Burrow, it's going to be interesting. Burrow's He's a, a tough badass. kid. He's a badass. Donald's scary, but he's not going to scare Burrow immediately. Uh, also, Judd Livia has been pretty badass about helping you badass. carve chunks out of your body. That's absolutely right. 30-plus pounds down. But the chunks have come where they should come from, which is all of the fat that I once had. <laughs> now it's gone. That's fantastic. Badass. And that's and that's thanks to my friends from Livia Weight Control Centers who have made me far more of a badass than I was six You've months You've got a back. chiseled jawline. Like, I do. Uh, I got a like, jawline. You know, I like got a jawline. The lovey Smith without the beard kind of jawline. Exactly right. See, see that, that jawline? And guess what? Have I got an offer for you. The I'm t- right right now. The first eight weeks for free. That's right. First eight weeks for free. 855-GO-LIVIA. Livia. L-I-V-E-A dot com. L-I-V-E-A dot com. You, too, can be a badass if you want by losing those extra chunks that you don't like around your middle. We need the before and after. We need, like, Andy Reid before and then Cliff Declan's Kingsbury. Declan's got it. Yeah, I got He's I, shown I, I, There's some video evidence that are very incriminating. Declan can pull the pictures of my jowl yeah. fat face. I will. Yeah. Chanel, oh, yeah. look at that. Look at that. Huh? Uh, also, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you've got a business that you're already you're already liking your business, you're feeling good about it, but there's another level to get to, Federated comes in with over 100 years of experience, tools, resources, people, and they can help maximize your business by helping minimize risk and downside. So check them out at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. Declan, Mm -hmm. every week, wants someone's ass fired. Who is it this week? So, uh, in the first time of this edition, I actually have changed my idea within the last, uh, honestly, two minutes here. I, wow. I've, I'm changing who I'm firing. Um, here, here's the deal. After watching and learning what has just happened over these last 50 minutes from our football-loving friend, Alex Boone, I am now firing Ball- Brian Baldinger's ass, and I'm hiring Alex Boone because that was the greatest rendition of football breakdowns wow. I have ever seen. Wow. And Baldy, look, it's been a great run. Like I, you haven't done anything incriminating, what? but you, it's time to replace you. I'm firing Brian Baldinger, and I'm promoting him to Alex. Are I'm you promoting sure? Alex I do. Boone. Are you? Are you sure, dude? Hold on. Brian Baldinger doesn't just like football; uh-huh. he loves football. Watch this throw here to Cameron Brayton. Little. Quick jam, little bam, little punch, 
Knock them off bounds. You got to change it up. You get the predator off bounds, and then you dance. I love Baldy. Fired the poor guy Dec- already. Declan, I am so Your honored. Turn. Believe me, I met Baldy a couple years ago at the Super Bowl, and I was like, dude. I'm a huge well, I could fan. just see like this big football paw oh, coming out. It was mangled finger. Dude, yeah. It was so <laughs> mangled. When it came across the screen, I was like, oh my God. Nice to meet you, Alex. It's going to bite me. Seriously, the most messed up hand I ever saw was Alan Page's, right? And nobody yeah. warned me. And they were like, we were at this community event and it was like 100 degrees outside and I was sweating profusely. And he comes out of nowhere with his like his uh, biking cap. You yeah. know, he's got that biking cap and his get glasses and he's got his hands on his hips and he's looking at him. He's the new guy. Oh, God. I was like, oh, hey, what's going on, Mr. Page? And he's like, oh, God. He sticks his hand out. I swear to God, it goes like out, <laughs> right? And then it goes up. And then it goes back out. It goes five different directions. And I was like, dude, I I don't even want to. T- I'm so sorry. He was like, oh, this thing? Huh, it's great. I was like, dude. <laughs> Let me use my strong hand. The old guys are the Poor best. guys in the 70s. Like, there's like never, no medical staff. It's never like. Never complain. Ever. That's <laughs> why I love concussions these guys. a year. Dude, concussion. What? We yeah. traded concussions. I'm a bell wrong, huh? <laughs> No, serious. I'm kidding. No, but seriously, you know who should be fired? And I'm going to say this because it's about time somebody does. And I said this years ago, but when they thought that moving an NFL team to Las Vegas was smart, that was stupid. Okay, because only bad things happen in Vegas. And look what's happened out there so far. I keep hearing that now. Dude, I'm going to be honest. I said this the minute they were going. I swear I was like, guys, don't do this. Do not take a bunch of crazy dudes to a city (laughs) that is even crazier. Because only bad things can happen in a crazy town. Yeah, and we need now, more. We need more teams in like towns dude, like Green Bay, man. No, you it's should like, have left them in Oakland, where they were happy and happy, happy. Just figure it out with the city. But now you have Alvin Kamara, who is now in jail and probably going to be in a ton of trouble because he was at the Pro Bowl at the new stadium that everybody's all excited about, but forgot it was surrounded by thirty-five thousand casinos and drunk people. Like, dude. You got to be smarter than that. And I'm like, I get that sometimes guys being out, they are just aggressive. Like we're aggressive by nature. And sometimes a fight breaks out and things happen. But it's like, would that have happened in, I don't know, Arizona? Probably not. Or Arizona. Boise. Let's put a team yeah. in Boise. Find some boring. Put a team in New Mexico. Put a... Albuquerque is Albuquerque. beautiful. What happens to yeah, a yeah, young safe. Grand Forks, <laughs> North Dakota? Boone in Vegas is my question. Listen, I did I did my dance, and there's a reason I wasn't drafted, and I was supposed to be, and I wasn't. And I will be the first to tell you that when you're young in the league, you are dumb, and there's just things you don't get because you just came from an atmosphere where everything was kind of fake, and you really just played football to make everybody happy. Yeah, you worked really hard in school, but at the end of the day, everybody was like, dude, we got to get to the field, like the field, the field, the field. And now all of a sudden there is no school. So you're like, well, I guess half my time is spent doing what? Oh, boy. This is rich. Right. I got a ton of money. I got a brand new car. I'm super young. What could go wrong? Yeah, especially in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Norman, Oklahoma seems like a great place for, you know, just. Uh... You'd probably get some of the rowdiest fans there. I mean, just what, dude, when I read that about Elvin Kamara, I was so just like blown up. Like, dude, it's. Yeah, it's, it's everybody's no, I... in trouble. That's the, and it's that's sad. the downside, man. That's right. the downside. 
and hopefully how uh, you hopefully nothing else happens to like we saw with the wide receiver that Henry drunk I don't ever want to see that again. Like, no, God, dude, dude, that is the dude. Oh, he's the the fact that guys don't know to Uber. And here's what's so sad is the NFL pays for your Uber. They're like, dude, we love you guys so much. We don't want you to get hurt. We don't want you to hurt anybody else. Please just take our Uber home. The Vikings had a line that you could call, and they'd come pick your car up and drive you home. I've heard about this. They'd drive you in your car. Mm-hmm. It was like, dude, if you guys get in and trouble. And guys wouldn't do it. You're stupid. Well, because here's the problem, and I get a little bit of this. The guys are like, dude, that's just another way for them to snitch. Like if they find out I'm drunk out in town and I call oh. this number, how do I know it's not someone who's going to report back mm. to them? Like, hey, by the way, I just picked up your boy. But you're he doing was... the safe thing. I mean, are you? that. Well, then there's Adrian Peterson. Remember, though. If They're Adrian just... Peterson drives his own car 200 miles an hour on 62, it's like, dude, maybe just get someone else. You can just sit in the back seat and I drive agree. 200 miles and, an hour. And you know nobody wants to take a cab. And, and people now are just so lazy that they're like, I'll just drive. But as a football player, you're always kind of looking over your shoulder. So you're like, dude, is this really the number to call? Now, the smart guys knew. They were like, of course I'm going to call the number. And I was with guys when they would call the number. Or I would just take guys home because I don't drink anymore. Yeah. But they were like, dude, I don't trust this number. I was like, dude, stop. They're really just protecting you from you. And you need to call the number next time because this has got to end. Yeah, they'll probably they'll think a lot more highly of you than if you were to get pulled over and who would be mad know, about suspended. that? Like, what coach would be like, "You're an idiot for calling this number to safely take you home." How dare you be an adult and have how much you drinking world? though? How how much are you drinking, like, yeah. dude? I'm a grown adult. I got four kids. Leave me alone. Yeah. Oh, All right. So, I, so everyone involved in the Raiders in uh, Las Vegas also Mark Davis also fired. fired. And you're going to move the well, team back to Oakland. Oakland. Oh, yeah, those games were, dude, batteries. Oh, the black hole? Beer bottles oh, the black hole And they great. hated the Niners. So you'd get the worst things right. thrown at you. And it was, dude, we had parents that got beat up. I always felt terrible when the parents got I was like, dude, your dad got beat up? They're like, dude, like six of them. I'm like, your dad's huge. What? Yeah, they spiked him with those spiked shoulder pads. He's got dude, four holes in his abdomen. beer bottle. Bam, right over his head. I was oh, like, no oh, way. The, the black just, hole was crazy, man. You, was... you don't wear anything but Nuts. Oakland gear there. You don't wear any. They, like, threaten you on the field. They're like, dude, I'm going to kill you. And you're like, oh, oh. Just, <laughs> game. just oh, a game. God. Uh, that, was your, that was your PhD, Vikings fans, Purple Daily Whoa, listeners, Paul, and what Kevin what O'Connell can and will bring to this Vikings offense. We also, we could, you know, there, there's some defensive coordinators floating around out there, too, that we could... I'm sure that'll be finalized at some point, so we can talk about that. But yeah, here we go, boys. Awesome. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. It's not that much to ask for. Getting a GM and a coach is a good step. You got to have a GM and a coach to win a Super Bowl. Yep. Bunch formation. Get ready for it. I can't wait. Dot formation. Bunch. Quad trips. Some wing tees. Single wing. Ohio. Single back. Dino Wishbone. Power. Jumbo. Dude, when are we going to do the block party? We got to have like a midnight block party special. Four hours. Just talk football. Break it down. We should invite Kevin O'Connell. We got we got something in the works. Come hang out with us. All right, let's end the episode so we can tell Boom we have, and we'll tell the audience soon what we have in the works. I love you guys. Right. I'm so excited. Well, we love you. I'm so excited. <laughs>